This is LEC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. This morning, I want to speak very briefly uh, uh, with you on the topic of stay focused. Stay focused, so appropriate for this time of year, so appropriate for our students who have to go back to school, uh, so appropriate for all of us who have to stay focused. And I'm going to be reading a passage from Numbers chapter 13, and I'll be reading verses 25 to 30. Numbers 13, 25 to 30. And while you're trying to find your spot there, just a little heads up what's going on in the story. Uh, Moses had delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. They were wandering and wandering, and and they're finally on the edge of their promise. They're getting ready to step into the promised land. And God tells Moses at the beginning of uh, chapter 13 to send some spies out, to send 12 spies out, one spy representative of every tribe of Israel to send a spy out into the promised land. Now, Now, these were great men of faith. These were great. They were the leaders of their tribes. He tells them to go out and, and spy the land and see what it looks like. And in Numbers chapter 13, verses 25 to 30, they have come back and they're giving their report. It says this, And I'm reading from the NIV. It says, at at the end of the 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amicalites live live in Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Verse 30, Caleb says, then Caleb silenced the people. Caleb, one of the 12 spies, he silenced the other people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we certainly can do it. For we certainly can do it. Everybody say, stay focused. Dear Lord, I just pray that you would have your way in this place here this morning. Lord, I just pray that you would just spill everything out of me that doesn't belong, Lord God, and fill me with the words that you have for each and every one of us here this morning, Lord God. Have your way in this place and bless these next few moments that we have. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you go ahead and give it up for Jason and Susan. They did a great job lead us in worship this morning. Great job, guys. Many of you are probably like Katie and I, we, actually, we absolutely, ever since we've met, we love watching movies and TV shows together. One of our favorite things to do is whenever we get a chance, and sometimes, you know, now that we have two kids, they're one's five, Lacey's birthday's tomorrow, getting ready to turn six, and then we have Nora, who's three. It's really hard for us to sit down and watch a movie all the way through, but we absolutely love watching movies and TV shows, which probably a lot of you do as well. One of my favorite TV shows to watch, and I've watched it twice now, the series all the way through, is the show Lost. How many of you guys ever watched the show Lost? Wow, y'all are lost if you haven't watched the show Lost. 
What a great show the show Lost is. I'm not going to give you any spoilers, and honestly, it's a show based on your own interpretation, but if you get the opportunity to watch it, it's really good. Lost is a show where every episode is full of such deep meaning. Every episode you watch, bases, it builds on the last episode. Every season you watch builds on the last season. And honestly, there's a lot of like religious undertone. There's a lot of Christian uh, symbols and all that kind of stuff within. I don't have time to get into that, but you should take the opportunity to watch it. So much so that every time we watched an episode, Katie and I would watch an episode. I want to take the time to talk about all that. I want to take the time between like 10, 15 minutes after the episode, I'm taking it in, I'm breathing deep. I'm like, man, that was so good. I get the chills and all that kind of stuff. I ask Katie, I'm like, Katie, how'd you enjoy the show? She doesn't even, she, let's just move to the next show episode, she says. Let's just move to the next episode. Because when I watch the show, I look for all the deep meaning in it. I, I'm like, wow, this is so good and all that kind of, when Katie watches the show, she's like, oh, well, who's, who's still dating who? Is Jack going to finally get with Kate? Are they going to finally keep the island, restore the island and all that kind of... So she's watching it from that perspective. And I'm watching it from the right perspective, I will say. And if she was up here and had the microphone, which would be a miracle, she would probably say it the other way. From the, we were watching it from two different perspectives. We're seeing the same thing, but we have a different perspective. We're seeing the same show, but we have a difference in the way we are actually focusing on it. That's what's going on in this passage here that we read this morning. Moses sends out 12 spies for 40 days. They're observing the same exact things. Moses, all 12 spies, they, they saw the land. They saw the, the giants. They saw the giant walls. They saw the fortified cities. They saw everything that was in the land. However, there was a difference on how they focused on the land. They saw it all, but there was a difference in their focus. Ten of the spies, what they did is they saw the land and they said it would not be possible for us to take that land. They were focused on the problem. These ten spies were focused on the problem, but the two spies, we, we know here in this passage that it's Caleb and then the other spies, actually Joshua, we're told later, those two spies were focused on the promise. They saw the same thing, but they had a different focus. And let me just tell you right here, I feel like led to, led to say this, that there are some of you who are going through a situation right now. There's some of you who are going through a problem right now and you're focused on the problem. And you're saying there's no possible way God can help me through this situation. There's no possible way that this mountain can be moved. There's no possible way. You're focused on the problem. And I feel like the Lord is saying here this morning, shift your focus. Don't put focus on the problem. It's time to start focusing on the promise. It's time to start focusing on the promise that I have for you. You may be facing losing your job, but hey, God calls you blessed. You may be facing a difficult marriage and there's time and you're fighting and there's dispute, but God is saying that there's restoration that could take place there. You may be facing a, a, a diagnosis from the doctor, but God is calling you healed. You need to focus on the promise. We have to say focus. God is a God that keeps his promises no matter what opposition arises. No matter what opposition arises, you think God didn't know anything about that land? Those, he created them. He knew, but he still called that their promise. He still called that their promise. And he was wanting the Israelites to stay focused on the promise. We need to stay focused 
on the promises of God. And as I was reading this passage this week and preparing for this, I was like, how did Caleb and Joshua stay so focused? How were they able to stay so far? I'm going to tell you what, if I saw a giant, I mean, I look at Jason Atkins, every, when I first met that dude, I'm like, he could take me. He could take me out. I'm like, I'm not even going to flex my muscle, do anything. I'm, hey man, how you doing? Hey. No, I'm just kidding. I, I probably would. I mean, and we judge them, but that's probably how we would react as well. How did Caleb and Joshua remain focused? And as you look at this passage, there are three things that they do. There are three disciplines that they practice during the process in order to stay focused. And that's what I want to talk about very briefly here this morning. The first thing is we have to focus what we think. Everybody say, focus what we think. Focus what we think it's really easy for us to look at these spies who gave a negative report because even though they had seen God's promises, they still didn't believe it. They were literally holding God's promise in their hand. It says that they present the fruit of the land to Moses. Here they are presenting it. And the Bible talks about that there, there are grapes, there are huge grapes. And here they are present, they're literally holding God's promise in their hand, but they're thinking about the problem. And it's really easy for us to judge them. It's really easy for us to, to look at that and be like, well, I would never would do that. That would never be me. But what we really have to do is we have to dive deeper and get into the context of what was going on because context always brings about compassion. Listen, if you see somebody who's struggling, it's really easy for us to judge them. It's really easy to say, I would never fall prey to alcohol. I would never become a drug addict. I would never do this, that, or another thing. But until you understand their context, you can never have compassion for them. Until you understand someone's context, you can never have compassion. I'm not uplifting these 10 spies, but the Bible talks, these were great men of faith. We need to understand their context. We talked about at the beginning of Numbers chapter 13, God tells Moses something simple. He says, send the spies into the land and have them look at it. Send the spies into the land and have them explore it. Simple, right? But in Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 to 20, Moses takes that and he makes it more difficult. He makes it more difficult. This is what it says. It says, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on to the hill country. See what land is like there and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many, what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are these trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some fruit of the land. God says, go into the land and explore it. And then Moses says, we'll do all this other stuff too. So God, Moses takes God's a, a simple plan and he, he, he makes it more difficult. And here we are, the, 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 the 10 spies were like, well, I can understand then why they would get things confused. That's exactly what they were told to do. And we do the same thing sometimes. In fact, it's been happening since the beginning of time. In Genesis, they, God says, don't eat of the fruit of the tree. And, and, and the serpent is, is tempting Eve. And she, he, he says, why not? And then she starts making up all this fluff and all that kind of stuff. And it happens time and time again. And God's command is simple. And we have the Ten Commandments in the book of Exodus. Ten Commandments. And then the book of Leviticus follows after literally an entire book in the Bible full of how do we follow the laws that God has given us. 
No wonder these spies had lost their focus. They had taken it and they had, they had made it more difficult. Moses complicated things. God gives us simple instructions here at this church to love God and love people. Do you believe that? That we're called to love God and love people? I believe that that's just not just a mantra that we, we celebrate here. That's not just something that we say. We need to just go out and love God and love people. We don't need to have all this fluff surround. Love God and love. How can you make an impact? Love God and love people. How can you understand someone else's context? Love them. Listen, God never called us to be the judge. He never called you and I to be the judge. We can't possibly do that as humans, be the judge. But what he has called us to do is he's called us to love one another. It's important for us to love one another. It's simple instruction. Yet we're like, well, what, do I love someone if they vote differently than me? Do I love someone if they believe differently than I do? Do I love someone? No, no, no. You love God and love people. Love God and love people. We tend to make lists of things and make things, these simple instructions more and more complicated. And this causes us to think things and our, our thoughts hold us back from what God has called us to be. I'm sick and tired of my thoughts and our thoughts and the church's thoughts holding us back from what God has called us to be. God has called the church, the capital C church, the church globally to make an impact on this world this time. And I feel like there are times when the church just backs in the corner and say, we don't have the right doctrine for that. We don't have the right belief system. Go out and love God and love people. And let me guarantee you, people will then come. Raise me up, Jesus says, and I will draw people unto myself. Listen, I'm not saying that there's a bad place for doctrine. There's a right place for that. Obviously, we're the church of God. We have practical beliefs, practical commitments that we follow, but we need to not let those practical beliefs and practical commitments get in the way of loving people. We have to love God and love people. I don't care if they look differently than you. I don't care if they talk differently than you. God doesn't say love God, love people only if. No, he says, even when. I don't know if he said that, but I just felt like that, that fit right there. Even when we have to love them. God's instructions are wanting to lead us to something, but our thoughts hold us back. We have to refocus our thoughts. We have to refocus our thoughts. Yeah, sure, the promised land was full of all those things, but we can't be focusing on those. We need to refocus our thoughts. God is calling us to do something great in this community. I love the fact that we're outside Antioch Road. They can hear us, and whether they're not here, I hope to God they can hear me. If they want, I'll preach a little louder. Jerry, turn me up a little bit more, and Mike and, Marissa, or, and Tanya Varney can hear me down the road, but we, we need to be the light and beacon of hope in this community and in your community. We have to focus our thoughts. The second thing that Caleb and Joshua did is they focused what they heard. They focused what they heard. The spies come back and they give their report to Moses. And the 10 spies actually start with the promise. They're literally, like I said, holding the promise in their hand. But then they immediately are drawn back into 
their promise, the, the, the problem. This is what it says in, in uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Then, Mo, then, get, then they gave Moses an account. He said, we went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified. And I love what Caleb does next. I love what Caleb does next. He allows him to go on their spiel, and then he says, and, and it says in the Bible that Caleb silenced them right where they were. Caleb silenced them. He's basically saying, I don't have time for your but other people. I don't have your time, but the land is this, but the people are big, but the whatever that, I don't have time for this. Silence, don't talk about that. We need to talk about the promise that God has. And I love how we say this. They didn't, he doesn't want them to talk about the but people. He wants them to talk about but God, right? He wants them to talk about but God. We need to be careful, church, who we allow to speak into our lives. We need to be careful. 100, and I'm saying this to the young students as well. You need to be careful who you let speak into your life. You need to be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Because not everybody's got your best interests at heart. It may appear like it on the surface. Like I said, these 10 spies, they were, they were, they were respected people. It may appear like it on the surface, but not everybody has your best interests at heart. There are some people right here in front of me who God has called you into something great, but you've surrounded yourself with people who are speaking negativity over you. God has called you. Students, I'm talking to you. God has called you into something great. Maybe it's just a little spurring in your spirit. He's whispered something in your ear. God is calling you, but you're surrounding yourselves with people who are whispering negativity in you saying, you can't do that. How could you make an impact on the world? You're only 16. How can you make an impact on the world when you don't even talk to people at your school? How can you make an impact on your world when people at your workplace don't even know you're a Christian? We need to be careful, 100% careful, who we allow to speak into our lives. Listen, you know as well as I do, there are voices upon voices upon voices upon voices right now that are clamoring for your attention. There are voices upon voices that are wanting you to take your eyes off the promise that God has for you. There are voices that are telling you that there's no hope for this country. There are voices that are telling you that this race disunity that's taking place, that nothing's going to change it. There are voices that are telling you that people hate you. There are voices that are telling you. And all I have to say is we need to stop hearing those voices. If you have to, don't watch the news. Turn off CNN, turn off Fox News, and listen to the voice of God. We need to stop listening to those voices because those voices aren't, don't have your best, in, it may appear that they have your best interests at heart, but they don't. And as, as difficult as it may be, you need to remove those people from your life. Trust me, I've been there. When I was in high school, I had some friends and I'd go back, I'd go on youth retreats and all that kind of stuff. I'd come back on fire for the Lord. And literally the Monday I'd come back from school, they'd say, that wasn't real. You know, that didn't exist. What, what happened? And it came to the point where I had to remove those people from my life because the voices that I was allowing them to speak into my life and they were directing and guiding my life. 
We need to cut them off because there are people who want to try to talk you out of your promise. There are people that want to try to talk you out of your promise. Those 10 spies, they were trying to talk Moses out of the promise that God had for them. We need to cut those people from our lives, Pastor Jerome. And what we have to do is we have to bring people into our life who are going to walk with us into our promise, who are going to whisper in our ear, you can do it. Walk, keep going. It may be difficult. Keep going. I don't know if this stage is, this microphone's 20. I don't know. I don't preach without a microphone. Keep going. Keep walking. Keep going, Sister Jeannie. Keep going, sister. Don't let anybody tell you. you, I love watching and seeing what you post. It's so inspiring to me. Keep going. You need people on your journey that are going to walk with you and not try to whisper in your ear, you can't do it. You need someone in your life like a Chuck Rosalski who is in my life who will tell you that you are good enough. We need, you need people in your life like a Carson Robson who will tell you that it's okay to take a step of faith in your calling. You need someone like a professor of mine at Malone called Dr. Holland who tells you that even though the finances may not be there, God can still work a miracle in your life. You need someone like a Pastor Webb Parsons when you're young in your your ministry who's going to tell you, hey, you're going to face struggles. Hey, you're going to go through difficult times, but keep on going, but keep on going. Listen, if you listen to those voices that are going to try to distract you, you're going to allow those voices to hold you back from the promise that God has for you. You need people like a Joey Rivers. Joey, stand up. Go ahead. I I know you love to do this. Joey's my best friend, been my best friend almost all my life. And I'll tell you what, Joey Rivers, it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the morning, you call that dude up, he'll, he'll pray for you. He'll speak words of encouragement to you. And listen, those are just a few of the people that have been in my life that I've, I've tried to surround myself with. Don't let people speak negativity in your life. Don't let negative voices hold you back from the promises that God has for you. We can't let negative voices hold us as a church back from the promises that God has for us. Promises that were rooted deep down deep when this church was founded. We need voices that are going to come in and be a support system. Not voices that are going to come in and try to distract us from what God has for us. The question I have for you is what voices are you listening to? What voices are you listening to? What voices in your life are you allowing to be on an amplifier? What voices are you listening to? The third point I have, I'm getting ready to wrap up, Pastor Jerome, if you want to play. We have to focus our thoughts, we have to focus what we hear, and we have to focus what we say. We've seen that there is a difference between Caleb and Joshua as opposed to the 10 spies. We've seen that there's a difference between what they're saying. And very often we look at that, and I've looked at that the last couple of weeks when I was preparing for this. I look at that, I'm like, okay, who's right, who's wrong, right? Obviously, it's, it's very easy for us to see that the 10 spies were the ones who were wrong. The two spies were the ones that were right. They're trying to lift up and go into the promise. But I love scripture. I love how this says it. It says, we're told a small detail in Numbers chapter 13, verse 32. As the chapter's getting ready to come to a close, this is what it says. It says that even though Caleb had told the spies to stop talking, even though Caleb had said, hey, quiet and silence yourselves, it says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 32, is that the 10 spies started spreading a bad report about the land. The 10 spies started telling people, oh, did you see that? Oh, did you see? Oh, did you see that giant? 
Do you see that guy? He's taller than Jason Atkins. Do you see that guy? Those, those cities are huge. Those armies are huge. Do you see that? They started spreading a bad report. It was a bad report. They, they, they were trying, and the enemy was using them to try to stop people from believing God's promise based on the words that they were saying. Based on the words that they were saying. You know, the enemy has a, a way of having us look at a situation and draw false conclusions. We look at a situation, we go to the doctors, get a diagnosis, and you may not make it. Listen, I know, I, I trust and appreciate, my wife's a nurse, I trust and appreciate that. I'm not saying to down doctors, but we serve the great physician, amen? You guys believe that? No one believes that, all right. Well, I'm gonna, hello? We just, we have a, the enemy does a great job of tricking us to looking at a very real situation and drawing false conclusions. When we start speaking about those conclusions is when we start to actually believe them because there's a very thin line between what you say and what you start to believe. The Bible talks about the tongue as a two-edged sword, right? You guys know that. It talks about the, the tongue and there's power in the words that you could say. You can either lift somebody up or you could tear somebody down. We have to be careful what we say. We need to focus our words we need to focus our words. And when we're looking at the situation that we're facing in our country right now, for instance, we need to stop saying that there's no hope. Rather, we need to start speaking hope. Not just speaking it, though. We need to start putting our words into our action and being hope. I love what our church does, and I love how the iServe team has grown, and we're doing great things. I love that we're getting out into the community. We need to be more of that. And I know Bishop Isaacs, one of the goals we have as a church staff is we're going we're to start giving to more missionaries. We need to start being hope and saying and speaking hope. When our prayers for our loved ones feel like they're going nowhere, and you're praying in your room, and it just feels like they're hitting your ceiling and bouncing back down to you, and you feel as though they're going unheard, we need to not stop praying. We need to keep praying. And we need to say that it's going to happen. My loved ones are going to be saved. My child is going to come home. They are going to have a relationship with Jesus. We need to focus what we say because what we say affects what we believe. We need to, as a church and as Christians and as people, stop reciting and being mouthpieces of what the enemy says about us. We need to start saying and start believing what God says about us. The enemy says you're defeated. The enemy wants you to be defeated. But John Cook, God calls you more than a conqueror. Not just in your own life, John, but in your family's life as well. I speak life over to you. I speak victory over you, you and your family. You're more than a conqueror. The enemy says, this is going to take you out. There's no possible way you can recover from this sickness. I think I saw Debbie Mullins. Debbie Mullins, you're healed. Sherman Fraser, you're healed. Richard Tyler, you're healed. That's what God says about you. We need to start focusing what we say. Some people may be thinking, and I saw... 
Man, I saw that the, the, the stuff that's going on in Cleveland and the cop who had committed suicide, all that kind of stuff. The enemy wants to try to drive your thoughts down and make you feel like you're not important and everything. But God is saying that you're chosen. You're chosen. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I don't care if you're two or 92, you're chosen. God has chosen you. God has chosen you. You need to speak that over your life. Everybody say it right now. I am chosen. I am chosen. Listen, if you're chosen, you can walk into a situation boldly saying, hey, this may look negative, but I'm chosen. God has chosen me to be a part of my workplace. God has chosen me to be the leader of my family. God has chosen me to go to the school that I go to. I am chosen for a time such as this. Don't allow the enemy to tell you you're not. You're chosen. The enemy wants you to believe that you're defeated, but God is saying you're victorious. The enemy wants you to believe that your enemies and or your 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 uh, marriage. It's funny how I equated enemy and marriage there. Unimportant. God is or the enemy's wanting you to believe that your marriage is in shambles; it can never be restored. The enemy is wanting you to believe that, but God is saying. Your, your, your uh, marriage is going to be healthy. It's going to survive. You may be thinking, I don't know how I'm going to come up with the funds to this. I don't know how. If I lose my job, what's going to happen? I don't know how, this, this, that. And the God is saying, you're too blessed to be depressed. I love that. We, we heard that one growing up. I don't know. Some, some people heard that saying before. I hope you have. <laughs> growing up in revival, uh, uh, Brother Willett. I believe he's gone on to be with the Lord. He came and he would, po- he would park his, his, uh, his camper right outside the church. We'd do revival. And that's one of the sayings that he would always say, I'm too blessed to be de- depressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. That works even there too. We're too blessed. Some people may, the enemy wants you to believe that you're not saved. The enemy wants you to believe that you've gone down a road where there's no hope. The enemy wants you to believe that there's no time to turn around. There's no time to repent that God has forgotten you. But God is saying, I love you so much that I'm right there with you. All you have to do is turn around, repent, and you can go to heaven. You can be saved. We need to be careful and refocus what we say. There's power in what you say. You may be thinking, well, my kids, oh, that one's going down. And I've had to check myself. And Lacey is six going on 26. That girl, I'll tell you what, she tries my patience, John. I don't know how you did it, brother. (laughs) But I've had to check myself. Katie does a great job of this. Spouses do a great job of checking you, right? Amen? Yeah. Katie said to check me this. I I have to be careful what I say because what I say, I don't want to speak any negativity over my children. There's power in what you say. We have to refocus what we say. So as we're closing here this morning, it's time for the church to start getting focused. Listen, a lot of what's happened over the last several months has thrown us off course. It's not what anybody expected. It's not what we had anticipated. We didn't plan on it. 
But I'm so thankful that God has opened up avenues for us to be able to minister the gospel, not only here in this church, but across the world. We have a podcast now. We have our online church. Next week, we're going to be starting up the live stream. It's amazing. It's about time. God is fixing to do something great because the time is drawing near to his returning. Amen? Bible talks about there's going to be a great revival that takes place. And my prayer is this. God, don't let Lake Erie Church get so distracted with the things that are going on that it passes us by. God, don't let me get so distracted with what's going on that it passes us by. We need to stay focused on our thoughts, stay focused on what we hear, and stay focused on what we say. If you go ahead and close your eyes and bow your heads. I wouldn't want to end this service without giving somebody an opportunity. Maybe you're that person here this morning. Maybe either you've accepted Christ as your Savior and you've ventured away from him, or maybe you've never had an opportunity or never taken advantage of an opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what you've been through. There's still hope, and his name is Jesus. So if that's you this morning, and if, if you want to accept Christ as your Savior, if you would just please go ahead and raise your hand. Nobody is looking around. We want to take this opportunity to pray for you. If there's anybody, anyone. Thank you. The next thing I want to pray for is maybe there are some people here who've lost focus. Some people here who, who, who may have allowed the distractions of the enemy to overcome and, and cause them to lose focus on the promise that God has for them. And I might be one of the first ones to raise my hand because it's, it's really hard to keep focused. But I want to say a prayer of blessing over you. So if that's you and you need to refocus on what you think, refocus on what you hear and what you say, why don't you go ahead and raise your hand for us here this morning. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this morning. Lord God, I thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity that we have to be able to gather together as one church family here in the parking lot. Lord, I thank you that the word has gone forth, Lord God, and I know it will not return void. I pray that you would shake off everything that may not have been of you, and Lord God, use the word to penetrate the hearts and lives of people here this morning, Lord God. We pray for those who may have lost focus, those who raise their hands and they need to refocus what they think. They need to refocus what they hear and refocus what they say. Lord, I just pray that you would just give them the courage to be able to do that. Lord God, give them the strength to be able to do that, Lord. Lord, allow us as a church family to go ahead and come alongside of them. And as I said, we need to help them to their promise, not hold them back from their promise. Lord, I pray for myself as well as I sometimes have ventured away and I've, I've lost focus. I pray that you would just refocus my heart, refocus my mind. Lord God, I pray for us as a church here at Lake Erie. Allow us to stay focused on what matters. 
Lord, allow us to stay focused on what you're doing in these end times, Lord. Thank you so much for each and every person who's here. Lord, I pray that you would just keep us safe as we leave. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands? Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.